At Baptist Health South Florida, it's our mission to care for you when you're injured or sick and help you stay healthy and fit. Welcome to the Baptist Health Talk podcast, where our respected experts bring you timely, practical health and wellness information to improve your family's quality of life. Welcome back, Baptist Health Talk podcast listeners. Hope you're all masking up and staying safe. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Fialco. I'm a preventative cardiologist and lipidologist at the Miami Cardiac and Vascular Institute and Chief Population Health Officer at Baptist Health South Florida. Essential tremor is a neurological condition that causes a rhythmic trembling of parts of the body, such as your head and legs and other areas, though it mostly occurs most often in your hands. It can make simple things like tying your shoes or writing or even shaving an endeavor. Though it can be confused with Parkinson's disease, which it is not, essential tremor is much more common. It affects about 10 million Americans. Movement disorders make daily life incredibly challenging for those who are affected by them. And while surgery and medical medications can be helpful, there is now a new non-invasive treatment available at Baptist Health that's being heralded as a game changer for people with this condition. Here today to tell us about the essential tremor and this new procedure is neurosurgeon Dr. Justin Sporer. Justin's the Associate Medical Director of Neuroscience and the Director of Functional Neurosurgery at the Miami Neuroscience Institute. Welcome to the podcast, Justin. Thanks for having me, John. It's great to be here. So let's start by talking about essential tremor in general, then clearly we want to get uh, deep into this, uh, this new exciting procedure that um, we're performing at the Neuroscience Institute. Um, so what is essential tremor? What, what do patients with this condition experience? So, you know, it's pretty um, self-explanatory in the description of the disease. It's, it's a tremor where the uh, hands or the arms can shake. It can often uh, affect the head and neck as well, and sometimes even the feet. But usually the most debilitating aspect is when someone has a tremor of the hand. It tends to occur when someone goes to do an activity and not at rest, which sets it apart kind of the opposite of what you would find in Parkinson's disease. So yeah, let, let's unpack that a little bit because obviously when people have this tremor, and I certainly see it in my practice, the biggest concern is it's Parkinson's. So why is it not Parkinson's and arguably why is Parkinson's worse? So um, Parkinson's disease, is, one of the hallmarks is a resting tremor. And so if someone's sitting there in their chair, you can see what what we call the classic pill rolling tremor, which is uh, harken back to when pharmacists would use to count uh, pills. And so their hand is kind of like rolling over and over. Um, but when they go to do something, their actions might appear even a little bit smoother. And that's only one symptom of Parkinson's disease. The others being, you know, rigidity, akinesia or slowness of movement and postural instability or imbalance. In essential tremor, it's the opposite. When they're sitting there, you might have no idea that they have a tremor, but when they go to do something like pick up a glass of water or something simple like that, they're spilling all over, they can't write their name, et cetera. And the other thing is people with essential tremor don't tend to have any other symptoms. It's just the tremor. So arguably, essential tremor is less progressive and debilitating than Parkinson's but let's talk a little bit about how essential tremor can be debilitating. So when people have this tremor, um, is there a spectrum from people who it's mild and it doesn't bother them to what could, what could it look like in its extreme? Yeah, absolutely. So um, it is a progressive disease. It often manifests even in very young people. I'll have patients who are 60 years old, but when they come to me, I say, when did you notice this? They say, oh, when I was in college, I started to notice when I was taking notes that I would have a little bit of a tremor. 
And so slowly but surely, it progressed and became a more debilitating thing. That is very typical of a central tremor, many year history. Um, and then the other things that I look out for are a family history because it does tend to run in families. I recently had a patient who said, well, I I'm seeking medical care um, and actually my son has a much worse tremor than I do. And he was the <laughs> one that encouraged me to, to come in. So it can be super debilitating. And um, although, you know, somewhat less popular in the news than Parkinson's disease, you know, it can be every bit as disabling in the sense that you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, they can't shave their face, they can't eat, they can't yeah. drink a glass of water. Um, so those things are super important for quality of life. If someone thinks they have essential tremor, and, and we'll get into a little bit of a workup and treatment, um, are there any things that one can do um, from a lifestyle or, or medication? What, what can we do for a central tremor uh, historically leading up to what its limitations may be getting into the new therapy? What, what are the general things that we uh, have historically told people to do to improve a central tremor? Well, if, if we get nothing else out of this conversation, I, I would say that um, tremor is not just a normal part of aging. Now, there are lots of different types of tremor, physiologic tremor. I mean, I'm a neurosurgeon. And so if you look at my hand under a microscope, there is a small shake that you have to account for when you're doing surgery. And every single human being has that. There's tremors that are associated with strokes. Um, obviously, we just mentioned Parkinson's disease, essential tremor. So what I would say is to not ignore it and to go to your primary care physician. And oftentimes, they'll refer you to a neurologist for you know, a more detailed history um, and then start kind of the first line treatments, which you had started to mention. And the first line treatments are medications. Um, beta blockers, things like that. Are there, are there more advanced medications? Are those still the standards of? Yeah, of those are the standards. You know, primidone right. is probably the most right. popular. And mm -hmm. um, essentially uh, what it does is just calms everything down. Now, people with essential tremor, you know, there is a problem with the circuits in their brain, but like any type of tremor and like any human being that is made worse with stress sure. um, or caffeine or, you know, other factors. And so, you know, it's something to, to definitely work up with a professional, somebody that's familiar with movement disorders. So, so kind of keeping our listeners in suspense as we lead into talking about the high-frequency ultrasound, um, can you describe, you know, for the listeners kind of what's going on in the brain that leads to this tremor? What Something's happening in the brain, but the hands and the feet and the head are shaking as a response. What's that connection? So, you know, our understanding of neuroanatomy and the function of the different parts of the brain has evolved over the past century. You know, it was a major breakthrough to even understand the concept that this part of the brain controls the arm, for example, and this part of the brain controls emotions. But it's really not a one-to-one -one ratio. It's more apt to describe all the activity in the brain as circuits, which is a communication of four, five, six, seven dozens of different parts of the brain in continuity over and over again that are constantly modifying your movements, your feelings, your emotions, you know, all of these activities so that the output is smooth and, and not having a tremor. And so, you know, we know people who, for example, have 
tremors, quote unquote, of their emotions up and down and up and down instead mm. of a more smooth activity. And that is the result of an abnormal circuit. In this case, it is a communication between the cerebellum, which is the back part of the brain that controls coordination, the thalamus, which is kind of a relay center for all brain activity, and the cortex, which is, you know, the more traditional understanding of this part controls that part of the body. And so if there's an abnormality of that circuit, then it's not going to be smooth electrical circuit and you're not going to have smooth movements. Well, you made me happy because whenever I can get the thalamus into one of our podcasts, it's, it's a <laughs> win for me. So <laughs> no, but it's, it's, it's very important information. Um, so now let's get into the, um, the high frequency ultrasound. I guess we call it HIFU. Tell me a little bit about the Miami Neuroscience Institute, what this technology is, and then we'll get into what uh, the patient experience can be um, um, in, in undergoing this treatment. Uh, what is, what is HIFU? So HIFU stands for high frequency ultrasound. That's kind of the shorthand. The technical term is uh, MR guided uh, high frequency ultrasound. And so essentially what it is, is that we are able to cause an ablation, which is really a fancy term for burning a little piece of tissue uh, deep within the brain in one of those locations that we know is involved with tremor. And so by disrupting those cells, we disrupt this abnormal circuit. And so if you think of two negatives, you know, we're stopping an abnormal circuit and we're getting a positive result. And so the way that we do that with this new technology is by aiming up to a thousand small little ultrasound transducers that are set up kind of like a hairdryer in a, in a salon uh, that goes over mm -hmm. the patient's head. And those are all aiming at one specific point deep within the brain, as you mentioned, the thalamus. And uh, it's a long setup, you know, a couple hours in total, but the treatment itself is 20 to 30 seconds. And so what we're able to do is, you know, introduce those ultrasound, ultrasonic waves, increase the energy, increase the temperature at those little spot in the brain, test the patient five minutes later, see if their tremor is gone. If it's not gone up, we turn the energy up a little bit and try it again. But within 30 seconds, they can go from somebody who cannot possibly drink a glass of water to somebody that you would be hard-pressed to know that they had a tremor. Wow. And that's got to be remarkable for the patient and for the family to see such an immediate result. Is that, uh, is that, is that pretty much the case? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the patients are often in a situation where they're laughing or crying, tears of joy. And then, believe it or not, the more satisfying reaction is that when we wheel them back to their you know, husband or wife that's in the waiting room, and I mean, it's immediately apparent. The patient was awake mm -hmm. the whole time, mm -hmm. and they come out and they you know, hand them a glass of water or you know, our last patient, you know, is around noon when we stopped. And so he had lunch with his wife and he sat there and ate a whole bowl of soup with his <laughs> quote unquote bad hand, which he wow. was not able to do for years before. Remarkable. Um, and, and no side effects or any follow-up uh, concerns afterwards? So, you know, I think the risk profile is very low. Uh, part of the reason that even though it's a, quote, 30-second procedure, but it takes hours is because a lot of that time is setting up, checking the accuracy, rechecking, calibrating to make sure that we're focusing these beams where we think we are. And the beauty of this procedure that was not available in previous technologies is what I like to call a test drive. And so, you know, what we can do is actually 
heat up that certain bundle of cells to a point where they're stunned but not permanently damaged. And that's when we test the patient out. We bring them out of the machine. We test, you know, finger to nose. We have them draw a spiral, drink from a glass of water. If they have a good result from stunning those cells, then we know we're exactly where we want to be. And then we put them back in the machine for another 30 seconds, turn up the energy and make that change permanent. Whereas uh, if we bring them out, their tremor is still there. And maybe they're saying, oh, I have a little bit of tingling in my face, which is not to be unexpected then that's fine. No permanent change has been made yet. We actually mm -hmm. just alter the target, modify the target two millimeters uh, in front of the last one and do it over again. And so we're able to test drive it before we make any permanent changes. Well, great process. And obviously it should uh, reassure the listeners regarding, again, it's safety and accuracy. You're not cutting anything. Like you said, you're applying ultrasound to the skull, which is fast, which, which is uh, reassuring. Uh, I love the concept of you're blocking the blocker. Well, you're burning a piece of my brain, right? But we're burning a piece of the brain that's sending bad activity out there. So exactly. uh, that's how we get the uh, the positive effect, which again is, is really uh, uh, important as well. So um, as we've developed this technology and we're providing it again at the Miami Neuroscience Institute, um, are there kind of particular kind of patients that are better candidates? Are there people with a central tremor that we may say, hey, this really isn't for you? Or is it uh, anyone with this uh, medical condition um, is a candidate for it? Well, um, I would say three things about that uh, quickly. One is that we do want to confirm that we think it's essential tremor and not some other type of tremor. We've had some Parkinson's patients come through, and if their only complaint or you know 90% of their symptoms is tremor, then perhaps they would be a candidate. But in general, it's really reserved for those essential tremor patients. Number two is that anybody who we've now deemed is a candidate uh, needs to get a CT scan that looks actually at the density of their skull. And it doesn't mean that you're a, a dense person or anything like that, but mm -hmm we have to make sure that those ultrasound waves can actually enter through the skull. And some people, unfortunately, just do not have the ratio needed in order to get those ultrasound waves in. And so that's kind of the final bit. And then the last piece that I would say, though, is that certain people, even with a diagnosis of essential tremor, are better than others. And those would be the ones who have uh, uh, tremor in the hand or arm. We're not as uh, effective at treating people with head or neck tremor. And uh, there's lots of reasons for that, but uh, luckily the vast majority of people with essential tremor are those with upper extremity tremors. And perhaps as our experience in the technology improves, we might be able to offer this for people with uh, those other uh, presentations. Exactly. As well. Exactly. Um, going back to some of the um, of the clinical scenarios. So if someone has an essential tremor or a family member has an essential tremor and they say it's gotten to the point where it bothers me, I want something done. You said the first step, primary care doctor, they may refer to a neurologist. Is that correct? Yes. Um, do your referrals for the procedure come from neurologists or are people able to inquire directly uh, to see if they're a candidate? Well, so uh, both is the short answer. And so for people with Parkinson's disease, I, I, I tend to want them to see a neurologist first because it's much more complex diagnosis and the treatment leading up to it is very complex. And, and in this case with essential tremor, 
the diagnosis is fairly easy. Even a, a lowly neurosurgeon can can figure it out without a team of neurologists, you know, working with the patient for years. Sure. Hey, this I lonely have, this lonely cardiologist has picked it up in a couple of cases over <laughs> time as well. <laughs> it's very simple. Ask three questions. You know, does it happen when you go to do something, or is it at rest? Do right. you have any family history? And right. the last question I ask is, does it get better with a glass of wine? Yeah. Um, because that is a hallmark of essential tremor that yeah. is not present with a lot of the other types of tremor. And docs, they say, oh yeah, I have a glass or two of wine at night and my tremor is much better. And I, you know, that immediately, they almost get a rubber stamp at that point because then I am very confident that that's what the diagnosis is. Right. Well, again, Justin, this is great stuff, both the information on essential tremor, its differentiation from Parkinson's, um, how those that are concerned should get evaluated, and of course, the technology of this HIFU with more importantly, the incredible results. And again, uh, as you express the gratification that you as a neurosurgeon can provide with this instantaneous uh, benefit. Um, any final comments, anything you want to add uh, before we wrap up uh, that we missed or anything you want to emphasize? No, I just think it's uh, it's an exciting treatment that is, is worth looking at if you think you might have it. Um, and I have had patients who said, well, you know, I just figured I was getting older. And that's like a pretty common thing, but you don't have to live with things that are debilitating. Um, so get it checked out and um, maybe that there's something that we can help you with. Maybe right. it's easy. Um, for our listeners, we will have a link in the podcast notes um, that shows a short video of a before and after of a patient who's agreed to have his results provided. It's very, very provocative and, and as uh, Dr. Spurs said, emotional. So uh, please take a look at that. Uh, otherwise, um, thanks for listening. As usual, if any of you have any uh, thoughts or recommendations for podcast topics in the future, please email us at Baptist Health Talk at Baptist Health at BaptistHealth.net. That's Baptist Health Talk at BaptistHealth.net. Mask Up Florida, thanks for listening. Find additional valuable health and wellness information on our resource blog at baptisthealth.net slash news. And be sure to interact with us on our social media channels for live and upcoming events. This podcast is brought to you by Baptist Health South Florida, healthcare that cares.